Hello Cryptonauts, today is June 19th, 2020. On today's episode of Cryptocurrency Chat, we're going to go over the top 10 average daily as well as the crypto news of the day. I am your host, Blockchain John. Happy Friday everyone, happy Friday. Alrighty, Cryptonauts, let's get started with the top 10. Starting off with Bitcoin settling in at $9,293.44 for an average of 0.01% loss. And in second place, we have Ethereum settling in at $229.94 for an average of 0.6% gain. And in third place, we have USDT Tether settling in at $0.99 for an average of 0.02% loss. And in fourth place, we have XRP Ripple settling in at 18 cents for an average of 0.46% loss. And in fifth place, we have BCH Bitcoin Cash settling in at $234.25 for an average of 0.66% gain. And in sixth place, we have BSV Bitcoin SV Bitcoin Satoshi's Vision settling in at $174.12 for an average of 2.5% gain. That's real good, real, real good. And in seventh place, we have Litecoin settling in at $43.11 for an average of 0.21% loss. And in eighth place, we have BNB, Binance Coin, settling in at $15.96 for an average of 0.75% loss. And in ninth place, we have EOS, EOS, settling in at $2.53 for an average of 0.3%. 8% loss. And in 10th place, we have ADA Cardano settling in at 7%, no, 7 cents correction, for an average of 0.2% loss. And that there, Cryptonauts, is your top 10 average daily. Now, your overall coin market cap is settled in at $262.2 billion. Once again, that's 26 no correction 262.2 billion dollars all right let's get started with the crypto news of the day all right cryptonauts happy friday it is a very warm day it's actually night it's almost 11 o'clock at night and it's still warm um, I just want to remind you all that there is a Discord channel available for Cryptocurrency Chat and I will leave a link in the description below. If you want to collaborate, as my previous guests have done, just go ahead and leave me a message on either Discord or through the Anchor app, Direct Messenger, and uh, we'll get in touch that way and get, uh, get going. So with that said, let's get started with the crypto news of the day which I'm using Decrypt.co and the top 10 was provided by Coin360. All right, first news is political futures contracts show Trump's re-election chances slipping. Over the past few months, US presidential Donald Trump administrations has faced a succession, succession of crisis from the coronavirus pandemic to widespread unrest prompted by the death of George Floyd in police custody with the presidential election looming even closer, political futures contracts indicate that they've dented Trump's chances of re-election, 
with his odds slipping since the start of the year. Let's leave that at that. Next, news. I don't know how that was crypto related. I didn't want to read any more of it. Okay, let's see. Russia lifts ban on Telegram after two years of trying. Russian authorities have given up on trying to block its citizens from accessing Telegram. The move announced on Thursday has been depicted by Russian media as a rare, humiliating climb down from for President Vladimir Putin, an administration from that uh, an administration admission, an admission that the authorities attempted to block Telegram, which has almost half a billion users worldwide, failed. Ros Roscom Nadzor Rokomnazdor, which succeeded the succeeded the KGB as Russia's communications watchdog, said that the ban was lifted because the app's founder Pavel Durov was now prepared to moderate the remove extremist propaganda. Alexander Gorbunov, a crypto trader and author of the popular political blog Stalin Gulag. On Telegram, held the unblocking as an ideolo ideological victory. The authorities could not do anything to limit access to Telegram. The messenger team turned out to be much more competent and technically prepared than the government department, he told Decrypt. Ooh, wowzers. All right, next news is a load more. Next news is here's why Bitcoin is falling towards $9,000. Since the start of June, the price of Bitcoin has been gradually eroding, falling from a peak over $10,000 on June 2nd down to below $9,000 earlier this week. Bitcoin then rebounds to $9,400, but its price is falling again. It's now down 1.28% today to its current price of $9,359 and down 1.8% for the last month. And it seems Bitcoin's failure to break through $10,000 has been a problem. Bitcoin lost a lot of strength after so many rejections at $10,000. If we take into consideration all the fundamental metrics, the long-term outlook of Bitcoin remains strong. Unfortunately, that doesn't necessarily mean we won't see Bitcoin slip below $9,000 in the short term, Lorenzo Strobe market analyst at FX Street told Decrypt. Where did the volatility go? Bitcoin is typically a volatile cryptocurrency with an with a usual 7-day average volatility of 2 or 4%. Traders are able to capitalize on this volatil volatility for better or worse, but Bitcoin's price has been unusually flat in the last week. The stable price seems to have chased away the, sp the spec uh, speculators, Mati Greenspan founder at Quantum Economics told Decrypt. Uh, we'll leave it at that. Next news. Something a little more exciting. Come on, you guys. There's got to be some better report writing than that. Let's see. What's next? Akon and Anthony Pompliano to join Binance Virtual Conference. Hmm. Okay. The Three years ago, Binance published its white paper, kickstarting a large ecosystem of exchanges, blockchains, and tokens. In a little under a month, on July 14th, Binance will celebrate its inception with a live virtual conference. Here's what's on the agenda. Grammy-nominated singer and philanthropist Akon 
and Anthony Pobliano, a partner at Morgan Creek Capital, will be speaking at the event. It will offer at least five major keynotes, 30 panels, and several fireside chats. Other speakers including Ryle Selkis, CEO of research firm Masari, Carolyn Chan, Chief Strategist Officer of CoinMarketCap, and of course Binance CEO Changpeng Zhao himself. During the 10 hour long live stream, Binance will highlight five specific regions making an impact in the crypto world. Speakers will delve into topics such as crypto growth, scoping into local blockchain trends, powering adoption, as well as opportunities for crypto integrations with traditional finance. Binance's third anniversary. It's been three years since Binance first entered the crypto scene. As Decrypt reported, the exchange grew out of Beijing Technology, which provided cloud-based exchange software that the company decided to use to build its own exchange. Since then, it launched multiple region exchanges, facilitated fiat on-ramps, built its own blockchain and token ecosystems, and become a major player in the crypto space. Awesome. We'll leave it at that. Next news is... is load more once again okay uh binance is now letting you buy bitcoin with gbp gbp just two days after the announcements of the uk-based trading platform crypto exchange binance has added pairing for the british pound on its main exchange binance today announced <coughs> excuse me <coughs> binance today announced the listings of the following pairing tc slash gdp that's too much i don't want to go over that all that the parents went live at 10 a.m utc this adds binance binance's existing rosters of fiat currencies among which are the euro the ruble and the turkish lira uk citizens can currently convert fiat to crypto on binance through binance jersey which is located between england and france and has low transaction rates but the exchange isn't so popular as of june 19 binance jersey traded just 320 thousand nine hundred fifty five dollars in the past 24 hours according to data firms CoinGecko. by comparison binance proper traded four billion dollars in the past day according to data from binance owned coin market cap binance jersey lists just five coins bitcoin ethereum binance coin litecoin and bitcoin cash binance's uk exchange stands to be far more ambitious the uk exchange will go live this summer and the exchange is considering considering adding 65 cryptocurrencies to it it is regulated by the UK's Financial Con Conduct Authority in line with new anti-money laundering regulations impl implemented in January. Okay, next news is... Hacker reveals how he cracked a Bitcoin address. John... Cantrell, the developer of Lightning Network Messaging Protocol Juggernaut, broke open a Bitcoin address yesterday and took the $9,300 worth of coins for himself. But this wasn't theft. It was part of a game that he won. Now he has revealed how he did it. As Decrypt reported yesterday, Alistair Milne, CIO of the Atlant Altana Digital Currency Fund, orchestrated a challenge on Twitter where the winner would get an entire Bitcoin. Starting in May, he periodically published hints to a 12-word seed phrase for a wallet address that contains one Bitcoin. Whoever picked up all the clues could use the phrase to unlock the Bitcoin wallet and take the Bitcoin inside. However, Milne planned to post the last three or four words in one go. 
This was an attempt to prevent someone from brute forcing the dress open by continuously guessing words until a combination worked, but his plan failed. With just eight words, Cantrell was able to guess the remaining words, find the right combination, and unlock the wallet. Hacking the Bitcoin address. Before the eighth word was published, Cantrell started preparing. He wrote in his meeting post that with eight words, there would be roughly 1.1 trillion possible mnemonics that needed to be checked. A mnemonic is a 12 or 24 word seed phrase for a Bitcoin private key that grants full access to the funds that are kept on it. There is a limited of, there is a limited list of 2048 words such phrases could contain, but that, is, but that doesn't make hacking a Bitcoin wallet much easier. Roughly 1.1 trillion possible mnemonics, that's crazy. To test a single phrase, Cantrell needed to generate a seed from the mnemonic master private key from seed and address from the master private key. After writing a specific program to run a few benchmarks, it turned out that the hardware he had at the time was not up to the task. Cantrell's laptop was only able to check around 1,250 mnemonics per second, totaling 108 million per day. This meant it would take my CPU about 25 years to generate and check the 1 trillion possibilities needed to brute force the mnemonic while only knowing 8 of the words he noted. And that's if only 4 words are missing. To solve the problem, Cantrell looked to cloud computing. He rented several dozen graphic, car graphic cards on a GPU marketplace and Microsoft's cloud computing service Azure and wrote software that would distribute the work in batches across the, each graphics card. Having having halving through the testing of, the, of this system, the eighth word was published and the game was on. He started up the machines. At the peak, I was testing about 40 billion mnemonics per hour. This means it should have taken around 24 hours to do the test, to test the one trillion mnemonics. I knew that on average, it should only take a take 50% of the time, Cantrell said, but he was incredibly unlucky after testing 85% of the combinations. He had no luck, and he realized there, have, there may have been a fundamental flaw. His plans depended on the word being in the right order, which wasn't guaranteed. If this wasn't the case, there would have been eight factorial more possibilities, making it impossible to crack. Over a day of intense compu computations later, Cantrell had largely given up hope that it would work and literally almost turned it off. I couldn't get myself to actually stop it at the point as I had come so far so I just let it continue. To my surprise a little while later that evening at 91% and after almost 30 hours and exactly 1 trillion checks to be exact it's 1 trillion 710 billion 602 million 752,000 it had found a solution, Cantrell said. Hmm. He then paid an excessively high fee of 0.01 Bitcoin, $94 to be exact, to transfer the money to his own wallet. In case anyone else had guessed it, he wanted the Bitcoin miners to give preference to his transaction. Milne confirmed that it had been taken. I knew I was against the clock, but most people thought it would take a few weeks to brute force four seed words, he tweeted. Now Cantrell planned to pay it forward with a contest of his own. That can't be won by software, of course. 
Ooh, that's it, that was it. Hey, I wanna know, I wanna know, that's pretty cool. That's really cool, all right. I really like that article. Next news, let's go, let's go. Uh, let's see, Fidelity Digital Assets Executive on why investors find Bitcoin appealing. Negative interest rates could be one of the reasons why investors see Bitcoin as appealing in the face of government intervention in the markets. According to Ria Botoria, Director of Research at Fidelity Digital Assets, speaking during, during Coinscrum's podcast on Thursday, Butoria said, so 25% of European investors said that they find the freedom from government interventions characteristics of Bitcoin to be appealing versus 10% of U.S. investors. She was referencing Fidelity's recent survey of 800 institutional investors. I think one explanation could be the, the prevalence of negative interest rates in Europe. As a result of that, for digital assets like Bitcoin, which don't generate yield, that turns into a feature, not a bug in a negative yield environment, Butoria added. Negative interest rates means that banks will start charging interest to hold money as opposed to giving it out. They're already common in Switzerland and Denmark, as Decrypt reported in May. The current financial crisis caused by the coronavirus pandemic has brought up debate about the possibility of negative rates even in the U.S. But this isn't the only possibility. We think about... We think about. We think another explanation could be that Europeans might feel that the government has created a heavily regulated environment, so the feature that you know, that innovation in distributed assets is relatively more independent might be a more attractive property for them. Botoria said, "A focus on Bitcoin." She noted that institutional investors, apart from specialized crypto hedge and venture funds, are primarily interested in Bitcoin specifically. Institutional investors like pensions, endowments, family offices, financial advisors, and so on, their interest is heavily focused on Bitcoin. Since it's the largest and oldest digital asset, it has the most mature infrastructure, including increase in support from legacy institutions, Baturi added, bad luck altcoins. Eh, they'll come around to altcoins. Not all altcoins, but some. So, next news is ethereum miners are making the network run 25 percent faster i want it to be more affordable that's what i want it's too expensive for me i don't want to be spending a dollar per transaction today ethereum miners have started increasing the network capacity to raise the number of transactions it can process per second by around 25 percent this should typically make it run faster where there are lots of transactions being made but this isn't a network upgrade Miners are able to gently nudge the network's capacity up or down every time they produce a block. It requires a continued effort from a majority of miners to significantly increase capacity, and this appears to be happening. The Ethereum miners are voting to increase block gas, li block gas limit from 10 million to 12.5 million. In theory, this means that Ethereum networks now has the capabilities to handle 44 transactions per second instead of 35 transactions per second. Another huge milestone for the community, tweeted Bitfly, which owns Ethereum mining pool, pool Ethermine. Gas is an Ether-based token used to pay transaction fees on the network. 
the gas limit controls how many transactions can be made in a block, so increasing the limit block by block expands the network capacity, making it faster. So far, miners have increased the gas limit to 11.2 million gas over the past few hours. This is roughly 50% of the way to the 12.5 million mark. Long-term consequences. On the other hand, not everyone is happy with the plan. Increasing, increasing the number of transactions per block makes the blockchain bigger, the more difficult and expensive to run. This could reduce the number of people who run Ethereum nodes and need help and need help to keep the network secure. Ethereum core developers Peter Zilagayi argue that miners are pursuing only their own financial goals, not thinking about the long-term health of the network. Chiming in, Ethereum co-founder Vitalik Buterin added that Sparkpool reached out to him and asked whether he supports the increase of gas limit. He said he opposed it because Siglaigi did. But he did understand that miners' point of view, raising the gas limit, should reduce transaction fees, making networks cheaper to use. With Ethereum already a hotbed of Ponzi scheme activities, transaction fees have been rising considerably since March, now up to 55 cents per transaction. I've spent $40 recently from transferring to three people, Bitcoin added, but that's nothing compared to the exchange that's made two transactions and spent $5.2 million in fees. Yeah, that's crazy. Next news. I don't think I'll ever top that. I, actually, I know I will never top that. Uh, how many Bitcoin billionaires are there? Oh, that's a good question. Since Bitcoin kickstarted the cryptocurrency revolution in 2009, the crypto space has grown dramatically. Bitcoin, Bitcoin alone has reached a market capitalization of over $170 billion, while more than a dozen other digital assets have achieved a market value of more than $1 billion. As a result of the stagger, staggering growth, a number of early adopt, uh, adopters, pioneers, and builders have become billionaires, joining the ranks of the world's wealthiest individuals. However, due to the volatility of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, any wealth held in crypto assets can fluctuate widely, making it difficult to pin down exactly who is a billionaire at any one time. Despite strong growth in the crypto market since the start of the year, Forbes recognized just four cryptocurrency billionaires as of April 2020. Less than half that listed in less than half that listed in its 2018 richest people in cryptocurrency list. There is also likely a handful of anonymous Bitcoin billionaires out there since there are three addresses that contain more than $800 million of Bitcoin each, while just a single address managed by a Singapore-based cryptocurrency exchange contained more than $1 billion in BTC. Okay, who are these people? Come on. Scrolling down, number four. Brian Armstrong, 37-year-old Brian Armstrong, is currently the youngest known cryptocurrency billionaire. He first made his entry into the world's cryptocurrency back in 2012 after co-founding the San Francisco-based cryptocurrency exchange Coinbase. The exchange is currently valued up to $10 billion, making it one of the most successful crypto companies to date. Armstrong currently occupies position number 1,990 on Forbes Billionaire's 2020 list, with an estimated net worth of $1 billion. And third... Sheng Peng Zhao, as the founder and CEO of Binance, currently the world's most popular cryptocurrency spot trading platform, Sheng Peng Zhao has managed to amass an impressive fortune since the exchange launched in 2017. 
Zhao now sits on a fortune worth an estimated $1.2 billion, the majority of which is likely formed from cryptocurrencies including Bitcoin, Ethereum, and the native Binance utility coin, Binance coin, BNB. Number two, Chris Larson. The second wealthiest crypto pioneer is Chris Larson, a renowned business executive credited with co-founding Ripple, a blockchain-based remittance and payment settlement system that uses XRP for cross-border transactions. Before creating Ripple, Larson also co-founded several other multi-million dollar companies, but these only contributed to a tiny fraction of his current $2.6 billion fortune. Wow. Number one. McCree Zen. Despite being arguably the least known name on the list, McCree Zen is by far the wealthiest, having amassed a cool $3.2 billion net worth as of June 2020. Zen is an electronics engineer and the co-founder of Bitcoin mining hardware manufacturer Bitmain. The company has recently been the subject of a dispute between Zen and fellower, fellow co-founder. Come on and fellow co-founder Jian Wu, which saw Zan hiring a squad of army armed guards to forcefully seize control of the company after being ousted last October. Honorable mentions, Satoshi Nakamoto. It should come at no surprise that the, that the anonymous founder of Bitcoin is also one of the biggest holders. According to a 2013 analysis by RSK Labs co-founder Sergio Damien Lerner, Satoshi Nakamoto could have as much as 1.1 million Bitcoin stashed away. At the current price of Bitcoin of around $9,400, that would make Satoshi worth $10.34 billion, far more than anyone else on the list combined. As And so far, Satoshi hasn't moved a single cent, leading some to speculate that he or she or they may have met an untimely end. Wow, that's, you know, actually, I personally, I personally do think about that, like, when people, you know, pass away, die, you know, things happen, there's accidents, you know, do, I mean, there's, they're gone, if they're gone, their cryptos are gone, I mean, I'm not saying, like, life, I mean, life is life, right, but, crypto is crypto it's i don't know you know what i don't even want to touch it let's just go on to the next news next news um elon musk bitcoin scams rakes in two million dollars in two months fake accounts that look like they're owned by spacex and tesla ceo elon musk have collected over two million dollars in the past two months alone zdnet reported today the funds were sent to so-called vanity addresses Bitcoin addresses that contain a certain word, in this case, Elon Musk. For instance, <laughs> oh my god, it's, it's a Bitcoin address with Elon Musk spelt inside. The findings come from Justin Leister, CEO of cybersecurity firm Adaptive, which the researchers share with this, the tech site earlier this week. Leister collected the addresses alone with Bitcoin abuse, a database that contains information about scam-tainted Bitcoin addresses for the past two months. Okay, I don't want to read no more of that. Let's go to the next news. Next news. Uh, New York Fed, Bitcoin, just another example of fiat money. 
An editorial for the New York Federal Reserve, Liberty Street Economics blog just classified Bitcoin as another example of fiat money and them's fighting and them's fighting words in Bitcoin circles, words which Castle Island Venture and CoinMetric founder Nick Carter called entertainingly off base. In a post entitled Bitcoin is not a new type of money, New York New York Fed Research and Statistics Economics Michael Lee and Research and Statistics Group Senior Vice President and and Tony Martin envision money in three categories fiat, asset backed, and claim backed. Lee and Martin classified fiat money intrinsically worthless objects that have value based on the belief that they will be accepted in exchange for valued goods and services. Incredibly, they assert that Circle Bank issued currencies are not pure fiat because of their large tender status. Then they go on, on to label Bitcoin, which the CF, CFTC has classified as a commodity, as a fiat currency. Which examples of fiat, fiat money without legal tender status includes rye stones or Ithaca hours. And Bitcoin is just another example of fiat money. The bizarre twist on the commonly understood meanings of fiat wasn't lost on Carter. The New York Federal Reserve is simply redefining words to suit them, he said. You know what? Them fighting words. I'm done with that. Let's see. CEO of crypto debit card operator that lost $2 billion resigns. Ooh, okay. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, he got caught. The axe came swiftly for Dr. Marcus Braun, the CEO of German fintech company Wirecard, which yesterday announced that auditors Ernest & Young had discovered a $2 billion hole in its balance sheet. Today, Wirecard announced that Braun has resigned with immediate effects and mutual consent. With the board, Dr. James H. Price Jr., who joined Wirecard's board yesterday ahead of a previously announced July 1st appointment, will fill the void as interim CEO. Additionally, Wisecard has suspended board members Jen Marsalek until June 30th on a revocable basis. The confidence of the capital market in the company I have been managing for 18 years has been deeply shaken, Braun wrote in a statement shared by the company. With my decision, I respect the fact that responsibility for our business transactions lies with the CEO. While the decision, decision ushers out the leadership that oversaw the current situation, it doesn't yet explain, explain precisely what happened. Yesterday, Wisecard announced that Ernest & Young informed the company that a trustee for one of its bank accounts had reported a spurious balance, potentially to mislead the auditors as to the legitimate balance. Ernest & Young Munich division found no sufficient audit evidence of cash balances on trust accounts in the amount of Euro $1.9 billion or more than $2 billion, according to a release. That amount is about a quarter of the company's consolidated balance sheet, it said. Whoa, that's a lot of money then. Jeez Louise. Based on the evidence uncovered thus far, Ernest and Young suspected that the trustee intended to deceive the auditor and create a wrong perception of the existence of such cash balances or the holdings of the accounts for the benefits of Wirecard group companies. Wirecard oversees the array of financial services and operates the Crypto.com and 10x cryptocurrency debit cards. It's not yet clear which parts of the business are related to the missing funds. Crypto.com CEO Chris Mars Marsarlik tweeted yesterday that Wirecard that Wirecard 
does not have custody of any crypto held by crypto.com and that the cards are fully pre-funded. These, cli these clients these client fiat funds are held by an electronic money institution regulated by the UK FCA and segregated client accounts. The funds are held at another bank. Wire cards stocked over about 80% by this morning. Whoa, crazy, what? Let me read that again. Wire cards stock dove about 80% by this morning as a result of the news it has rebounded slightly but still sits about 75 percent off yesterday's level whoa you buy it buy it get get look at look up wires card stocks right now and just buy it up right now it, it will come back it will come back unless they go bankrupt but i think it'll come back i mean shoot even there's even bankrupt companies coming back it doesn't make any sense but they're, they're coming back anyways you get it 75 percent off Wirecard has delayed the release of its 2019 annual and consolidated statement and yesterday's release advised. If certified uh, annual and, and consolidated financial statements cannot be made available by until June 19, 2020, loan made to Wirecard AG amounting to approximately Euro $2 billion can be terminated. Ooh, Schwarzenegger in the house. Okay, next news. Crypto bros cheating investors out of tens of millions, SAC alleges. Sky high cryptocurrency market promises were just a front of pair of Pennsylvania brothers to swindle tens of millions of dollars out of investors in the United States Security and Exchange Commission announced today the SEC filed an emergency action and secured a temporary restraining order and assets freeze against Sean and Shane Havitzak, whose high street capital fund took sizable investments that were supposed to go towards cryptocurrency trading. Instead, the SEC alleges the brothers lied about the fund performance forged audit documents and falsified financial statements as they transferred much of the money into their own personal accounts. All told, the compliant allege, alleges that the brothers received $31 million from investors and moved almost $26 million of that into personal accounts or those not associated with the fund. The SEC compliant details at length the comings and goings of funds between the high street capital accounts and those of it also alleges that the brothers claimed massive returns on investments including 100.77% in Q3 2019 and 92.9% .9 in Q4 2019, but the fund actually experienced losses in both quarters. Furthermore, the fund claimed to have $157 million in assets as of December 31st, 2019, with $170 million said to be in accounts on Gemini, the New York-based crypto exchange and custody service found by Tyler and Cameron Winklevoss. However, the funds only actually had $2.2 million in cash and cash equivalent at the time, including $0.53 cents in a Gemini account, less than a dollar. According to the complaint, their brothers have transferred more than $18 million in total from their personal bank accounts to Gemini, while Shane has transferred more than $20 million from his own Gemini account to unattributed non-custodial locations on various blockchains. 
The ongoing investigations will next include a hearing on June 30th to consider continuing the asset freeze as well as issuing a preliminary injunction. The SEC is also seeking a jury trial. Wow. Scammers. Scammers, scammers, scammers. Next news. Silicon Valley PowerFi invest in DeFi protocol Kyber as industry booms. Kyber Network is getting a boost from one of DeFi's most prominent investors. DeFi's leading liquidity protocol Kyber Network announced on Thursday an investment from PowerFi Capital in Kyber's KNC protocol token. The investment is the beginning of a partnership that will give Kyber access to one of Silicon Valley's most important professional networks, providing technical support for development of the protocol and access to new investments and market-making opportunities. Parify Capital is both an investor in and user of DeFi protocols. The firm has also made early-stage investments in other prominent DeFi leaders, including Compound and MakerDAO. Parify partners come from a diverse set of financial group backgrounds, including career at asset management's firm KKR and company TBG Capital and JP Morgan. Parify declines to disclose the amount invested in KNC tokens to decrypt. Parify's investment in a formidable DeFi player in Kyber comes at an opportune time. Last April, total market capitalizations for all DeFi tokens stood at just $1 billion. Today, that market cap has ballooned to more than $5 billion, aided in large part of the surge in interest in Compound and its Compt tokens. Kyber's KNC tokens nevertheless rank fifth on DeFi market cap's list of most valuable coins. Awesome. Next news. Crypto Derivatives Exchange unveil options trading for Chainlink. Moreover, Bitcoin and Ethereum options trading is coming to altcoins. Singapore-based Crypto Derivatives Exchange Delta announced on Friday the launch of options trading for two altcoins, Binance's BNB and Chainlink's LINK tokens. Move come, the move could be seen as evidence of the maturing markets for cryptocurrency derivatives and an acknowledgement of the growing importance of Binance and Chainlink in the digital assets ecosystem. While a variety of exchanges and institutions offer options contracts for Bitcoin and Ethereum, Delta Exchange is the first to offer options on assets beyond crypto's two leading products. Several exchanges also currently offer future contracts for Binance's and Ethereum, correction, contracts for Bitcoin and Ethereum, as well as altcoins. But futures and option contracts are distinct financial products. Next news, and our final news, North Korea to target stimulus checks in weekend cyber attacks. What? What's going on, you guys? Come on. The infamous North Korean hacking syndicate, Lazarus Group, may be targeting Americans who are expecting stimulus payouts, among other beneficiaries of government stimulus around the world. According to a report by internet security research firm Cypherma, Lazarus Group has devised a phishing scheme with some 5 million individual and businesses in mind, spanning across the US, UK, Singapore, Japan, India, and South Korea. Cypherma expected the attack to come this weekend over a two-day period and to affect small, medium, and large businesses in addition to citizens. 
the idea is to get these targets on the hook by impersonating a public servant or authority from their jurisdiction. If the intended victim take the bait, then they may divulge personal information that the hacking group can use to its benefit. Cypherma explains in the post, the ha hacking campaign involved using phishing emails under the guise of local authorities in charge of dispensing government fund funded COVID-19 support initiatives. These phishing emails are designed to drive recipients to fake websites where they will deceive into divulging personal and financial information. We'll leave it at that, Cryptonauts. We are done for the night. I hope you're all safe. I hope you're wearing your mask, keeping your six feet distant, your social distancing. Um, continue to wash your hands regularly with soap, you know. Um, what else? Try not to uh, interact with so many people out there. This, this thing is still outbreaking a lot. So with that said, Cryptonauts, Adiós.